Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today, my friends, I think I'm going to go through the mailbag. I've got a bunch of different things that, you know, people send me all the time, uh, questions that they have, uh, articles they want me to look over and give my opinion on. And today, I'm going to do just that with a couple of these. So we're going to be all over the place today, and all four segments will come in and out of different types of topics and whatever. If you want to call in during that time, and uh, ask us a question, because this is a good day when we're doing these uh, to get in on. You can call us at 855-497-4DEL, D-E-L, or an easier way is 855-497-4335. That's 855-497-4335. Uh, as always, if you want to email me or text me, I'm sorry, you can, uh, I'm sorry, email me. You can email me at... at Ask Dell at L-U-I-N-C dot com. That's Ask Dell at L-U-I-N-C dot com. And for those of you who are just uh, at work or something, you can't get a question off. Not allowed to call during work, unfortunately. You live that life of silent desperation in the cubicle every day, all day long, sitting there suffering away. So I understand that. We'll go ahead and uh, take your questions through the emails if you'd like. So we'll start out today here. I got an email sent to me. I was sent by Matthew, and he basically says, I came across an article about Greenspan talking about negative interest rates coming to the U.S., Europe, and Japan. Already have negative interest rates, I guess, comma, Europe and Japan already have negative interest rates. What do you think this means to the real estate investor, and what are your thoughts about negative interest rates? Well, I went and read up on this a little bit here, and, you know, what's happening is these other countries, they're... Their economic situation is poor. Uh, their growth is poor. Uh, their economic environment is poor. And so what they're doing is um, they're lowering their interest rates to stimulate the economy. Now, you realize there is only so far you can lower interest rates to stimulate the economy. And now what they're doing is they've gotten them to negative interest rates. Now, I am not smart enough to understand for the life of me, 
And if somebody could help me out with this, please call in. I'd really love to have someone way more educated in this field to, to weigh in on this. But why would someone pay to have somebody hold their money? And that's what basically a negative interest rate is, is where you go to the bank and you give the bank your money. Now, many of us give the bank our money and get nothing in return. Interest rates are sub, 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 sub human. I mean, 0. 0.0000, 0. 0.35%, you know, 0.005%. It's just ridiculous. One one thousandth of a percent interest, which is basically zero. Uh, but they're actually talking about negative interest rates. Now, why would someone give their money to the bank for the bank to charge them to hold their money? Maybe, like in our country, we have the uh, FDIC $250,000 per person um, savings insurance, uh, FDIC insurance. Maybe that's a reason. You know, I'll, I'll pay you a penny a year to, to make sure I don't lose my money. It's government insured. Other than that, I really can't see any reason to do it. So the next question or the part of the question really it's important to ask you, what do I think this means to real estate investors? Well, first of all, I don't think it's going to come to the U.S. My gut reaction is this. Look, guys, everybody out there hates Trump. They hate Trump. Now, when I say everybody, I shouldn't say that. Probably more people not like Trump than hate Trump. But people don't like his personality. They don't like his arrogance. They don't like this. They don't like that. But I think almost everybody that's not just a blithering idiot as far as their social beliefs go, that they can get their head out of their bottom and say, look, the U.S. is in better economic condition than it's been in for 50 years, maybe even 100 years. I mean, since a war, World War II, where we're building everything, coming out of the recession, coming out of the war, and, you know, we had to rebuild, you know, four continents type of thing, whatever it is, three continents, whatever there are. And uh, everything was, you know, growing rapidly then. But at this point, I mean, as far as the modern-day economics, this is the best this country's ever been. And so... What does that mean? That means there's no need for negative interest rates. There's no need to take the interest rates down to zero or less. We're prospering right now. Everybody I know is doing very well. Now, I actually hang around with a bunch of rich people, not because they're inherited their wealth, not because they have massive college degrees, not because they're politicians or in the upper aristocratic lifestyle. We're simply rich because we figured out how this country works economically, and I've taught it to these people, and they've taught it to their family and friends, and we have this group of about 40 or 50,000 of us now, I think there's about 40,000 of us, uh, that are all members that have all done this stuff. And so we live a completely different lifestyle than everybody else out there. And we understand, and I think most of you also understand, that you're still better off. You know, there's less unemployment for blacks, Hispanics, Chinese. Everybody's in better employment situation. Middle, uh, middle environment wages have gone up, which has almost never happened. You know, they, they give you a minimum wage increase or they, the, the rich people get richer, but the middle class almost never has any type of increase in their income. But that has happened also. Assets are available everywhere. It's very easy to get assets. It's very easy to borrow money. Um, economic well-being or the feel thereof where they test, do you feel like, you know, we're in a good situation or not? Is it the highest it's been in, you know, 50 years? 
So there's no reason for these negative interest rates to make it to the U.S. borders. Fast forward. Dell, you're wrong. What if I'm wrong? Who cares? If they keep lowering interest rates, what they're going to, in essence, do, and I can explain it to you as simply as I possibly can, is they are going to blow the top off of the asset costs in this world. In other words, if you can buy a house for 1% interest, you can buy a house that costs three times as much as a house at 3% interest. So will you go buy three times a house? No, you'll get sold the same house for three times as much as what you're getting sold that house for right now. Because the person that would live in that neighborhood, guys, is a person that would live in that neighborhood. You would not get a person who lives in a socioeconomically better situation to move into that neighborhood. In fact, most people are trying to move out of bad neighborhoods and into good neighborhoods. So that's why you always see the smallest house in the neighborhood sell for the highest price per square foot. That's the people trying to get into the neighborhood be willing to pay more to get into that neighborhood than everybody else is willing to stay in that neighborhood. On the top end, everybody's trying to get out of that neighborhood and get to the better neighborhood. So they're willing to pay less and they're willing to take less for that house to get out so that they can get into a better neighborhood. And so as interest rates go down, it doesn't change which people live in which neighborhoods. That's not the case. What it does, it changes what each person gets charged to live in the neighborhood they would normally live in. And so as the cost of housing goes up, then correspondingly rents go up, and it just costs more and more and more and more. So if they keep lowering interest rates, that's not really good for the economy. It's actually bad for the economy. Trump's actually got this one right. Uh, they should not be lowering interest rates right now because it's not helping us. See, what's happened is there's already too much money out there. The very fact that people are willing to stick money in places that don't earn any money is telling you people have too much money. They have more money than they know what to do with, so they're willing to take no return for it. That is a bad thing for an economy. And these other economies have that bad situation. There's no business going on for their people to invest in. And so what happens is they're sticking away in the bank, earning negative interest rates. That's, that means that country is dying. It's shriveling. It's going to be gone in no time at all, unless they can do something to prop it up and keep it going. That's not happening here in the U.S. Now, one last segment or one last piece on this before we go to the end of this segment, and that's this. Gosh, what would we do if there were no interest rates? I know what I'd do. I would just pay off all my mortgages. There are trillions, if not hundreds of trillions of dollars of mortgages that are paying interest rates between 3 and 6%. Why not just pay them off and make 3 to 6%? We'll be right back with the Del Walmsley Radio Show.
the largest multifamily bus tour in the country is coming to Dallas Friday and Saturday, October 25th and 26th. Join Dell Walmsley, national radio host, CEO, and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, and his top team of investors, realtors, and expert educators. Ride your way to triple-digit returns. Go to multifamilymasterstour.com. Gain one-on-one -on -one access to industry experts, realtors, lenders, property and asset managers, apartment owners, national real estate syndicators, and trade professionals. Get the only bus ticket worth millions at multifamilymasterstour.com. Dell says the things you just can't say to your friends, boss, kids, financial planner, spouse, even the cat. Need him to deliver the message for you? Don't worry. Dell's past show archives are just a mouse click away. So go to DellOnTheRadio.com and turn your speakers up for everyone to hear. Dell delivers his daily Dellisms and liberating unconventional wisdom 24 hours a day at DellOnTheRadio.com. Learn to master apartment investing on the Multifamily Masters Tour with Dell Walmsley and Lifestyles Unlimited in Dallas, Friday and Saturday, October 25th and 26th. Ride along with the country's top team of apartment investing professionals as you tour four apartment communities with the owners and operators alongside their mentors and educators. For more information, visit MultifamilyMastersTour.com. Experience award-winning multifamily strategies in action. Get the insider secrets to triple-digit returns. Learn the six ways you can make multifamily millions, too. Open Q&A format with Dell's top team, including operations consultants, mentors, tours and award-winning members. Get your seat on the bus at MultifamilyMastersTour.com. Due to the nature of the event, seating is very limited. Ride with us for the day and learn how to close the gap on your retirement with multifamily properties, what a profitable property being run as a business looks like in person and on paper, how Lifestyles Unlimited members win local, state, and national awards year after year, which path is right for you, lead, passive, or independent owner, how to upgrade your profits by upgrading your apartment, and what you want. Open Q&A all day long. The only bus ticket worth millions. Get yours at MultifamilyMastersTour.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're doing the mailbag, and uh, today's uh, second item we're going to pick up is somebody sent me this uh, article uh, about multifamily loan caps. And what do they mean by that? Well, the FHFA, which is the Federal Housing Finance Agency, recently announced new multifamily loan purchase caps for Fannie and Freddie, the two governmental government-sponsored entities, which we call GSEs, will be allowed to land $100 billion each, or $200 billion in all, to support multifamily market. The new caps, which are in place from October 1st through the end of 2020, apply to all multifamily businesses with no exceptions. So why am I bringing this up? Uh, besides being sent to me, about two weeks ago we had a, a mortgage company on, and they were saying people were going around telling people, in fact, we had one of uh, the mortgage company vendors that we, we know uh, send out an email saying, oh my gosh, there's no money left. Well, what they mean by that is 
Each year, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are given an allotment of funds that they can lend. And that allotment normally goes from January 1st to December 31st. And so towards the end of the year, it starts to run out. So everybody was becoming scared that it was running out, and here we were only in August and September, whatever. And so they were starting to put out the word to scare people. Uh, you better get your loans in. You better get your deals done. You better get locked in because there's not going to be Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac money, which is GSCs, government you know, back securities, okay? Now, that doesn't mean there won't be any conduit loans, that, you know, which are corporate loans, uh, business loans, or not just corporate loans, uh, they're loans based on bundles of loans that are sold to mortgage-backed securities. Then there, it doesn't mean there won't be any life insurance loans, because life insurance, large life insurance companies make large multifamily loans. Um, there's other things, pension plans and so on and so forth that, that lend money. So there's always places. So our lenders were saying, look, I, I wouldn't worry about it. There's money. We're going to be able to get you money. That's not going to be a problem. And they sort of quelled the fear. Well, because we had had that fear, we'd gone out and put out a, um, oh, what do you call it, a, a web oh, a web show. I don't even know what they're called, webcast or whatever, and, uh, you know, trying to enlighten everybody that there was no running out of money. Well, here it came up this week that, boom, they've already refunded and filled back up Fannie and Freddie's ability with another $100 billion each. So I just wanted everybody out there to realize that if they had heard anywhere that there was a fear that there was going to be a lending shortage for multifamily housing, I want you to get over yourself. It's not going to happen. There's plenty of money out there in not just these locations, but other locations that are out there lending at this point. So money is still easy to get. So the economy is great. The lending is easy. Let's move on to the next letter here and see what we have for the next one. All right. Next one is a question that says, hi, this is uh, Gordon. Good morning. I'm about to go through the process of renewing my first lease on a single family. I would appreciate any guidance on the lease renewal process specifically. Rent increases, month to month, how does it work? Changing the end date to summer to make it easier to rent and signing documents, how to automate use of technology, et cetera, et cetera. All right, well, you've asked for about a day's worth of information on a one-hour show. Let me see what I can parse this out to and get you the information uh, that you would need to get up and going. First of all, rent increases. We should always be on top of where our market is on rent increases, whether you've got an apartment complex or single-family homes, and this is single-family homes. We have a software program you can use which actually will tell you what the rents are. It'll tell you what all the sold leases are, where all the leased leases are um, in the area that you live. So you can look up and find out what the lease should be. You can also, you know, go to extensive work by looking it up online, looking it up anywhere you can find it. You can look it up... Uh, um, in MLS, which is multiple listing service, if you can get access to that, et cetera, et cetera. You can have agents tell you what it is. You can look at the signs and yards by wherever your house is. There's all these different ways you can look it up. But the bottom line is you're going to know if you're in this business and you know what you're doing. You will have found a way in your area. You can figure out what the rent is. Now, you come to the lease end. The tenant has to give you a 60-day notice. If your lease doesn't have a 60-day notice in it, you need to put one in your next lease. 
That means the tenant has to give you 60 days notice if they intend to break the lease and move on. That gives you 60 days to get out there and do the work to get this set up and find out where you're at to see if you can save the lease maybe, uh, make a deal with the person. Or if nothing else, at least get your ads out there so you have somebody ready to move in the second this person's moving out. So when you look at this situation, what I've always done in the past, and I had hundreds of houses at one time, is I would always put myself in this situation. I'd look at what the rents were, and I was in housing back when rents didn't go up very much. They might go up 25, 50 bucks a month, a year. And I would always look at it and go, okay, I'd go back to my tenant and they said, the tenant would always ask, are you raising the rent this new lease? And by the way, always get a new lease. I can go into 30 minute diatribe about this. I just won't waste your time. I'm just gonna tell you, get a new lease every single lease ending. There's a lot of reasons to it. And if you don't listen to me, you will pay the price for not doing it at some point along the way. So um, when we look at this situation, we're going to go into them prepared. We say, look, rents have gone up 100 bucks in the area. I'm willing to let yours only go up $50. I'll meet you halfway. Now, what if rents haven't gone up hardly at all? Then what I do is I use a different tactic, and I'll say, look, um, I don't really have planned to increase your rent let me go ahead and take a look at what my cost factors are and see if I can continue to lease this house to you at this cost. And then I might come back to them with a cost of living increase called a COLA and say, look, I looked it up and my insurance has gone up a little bit. My property taxes have gone up a little bit. Uh, there's really no way I can continue to release this at this price. So what I'd like to do is, if you don't mind, I'd like to go ahead and, and just go up, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll keep that rent increase at $25. And really, it should be much more than that, but I'll just make it 25 Now, what I would do is, I would, in my brain, I called these nuisance increases. And a nuisance increase was basically a lease rent increase that was so small that it costs more to move. 25 bucks a month for a year is $300 for them a year. But the difference is they'd have to go rent a moving truck, take a day off from work, go take time to go find another place to live, come up with a security deposit to put it down, get all their stuff moved, get it all in this moving van and move it all over there and reorganize it. And when they think of all that and then they think about 25 bucks a month more, never, they almost never move out, right? The only reason they'd move is if they were gonna move anyway. Now that's a nuisance increase. In this marketplace, rents are going up rapidly. You're probably going to use the other approach and you say, you know, I looked up the rents, market rent for this house about 100 bucks more than what it was last year. I'll tell you what, though, I'll make you a deal since you've been a good tenant. Uh, I won't go up the whole $100. If you'll stay, I'll just go up 50 bucks. So that would be your nuisance increase. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk 1370. 
Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're doing Open Mail Bag, and uh, we're, in sec we're in a question here. We started uh, in the last segment about rent increases, and we covered that. The second part of this question says, what about month-to-month? -month? How does this work? Well, there's really... Um, a couple issues with month to month. First of all, you really don't want to let your lease go month to month. In the past, I've run into a very large percentage of landlords that just because they're lazy, because they don't want to confront the person about signing a new lease, they're afraid the person's going to move out on them if they do. They just let the lease go month to month. Now, the natural process for the lease in most leases that I've seen is that if you don't renew it, it automatically renews month to month. Well, like in the state of Texas, you can't have a lease longer than 24 months, otherwise it becomes null and void. So even if you let them go month to month, you've, you run into the risk of that lease completely going away and you having no legal document between the two of you. So you really don't want to do that. Secondly, you don't want to let them go month to month because you have no 60-day move-out notice then. You need to make sure you've got a, a lease that says this is when you're going to leave and I know when you're going to leave and if you're not going to leave at that time, you know, then you're at least going to give me 60 days notice. You also uh, want to try to gauge when in these people are going to move out. One of the big mistakes I've seen people do is sign up all their leases to end at the same time. And we don't want to do that. When I had 100 houses, I would alternate them so that only a certain number of them would come due each month. Now, I made it so that none of them, repeat, none of them came due between November and January. Now, why did I do that? Because I didn't want houses sitting vacant during Thanksgiving and Christmas because it was almost impossible for me to want to get excited about getting out there and getting a make ready done and then getting the advertising out and getting somebody to move. And it was also very unpleasant for tenants to want to make a move during the holidays. So I just found that it was much easier to lease if you waited one more month and then set up all the leases from January. Now, if I can lease, by the way, if the lease did come open during November, December, that doesn't mean I wouldn't lease it during November, December. What it meant was I would add two months or subtract two months from the lease. In other words, I would tell a person when they moved in, I can get you a 14-month lease or I can get you an eight-month lease. Uh, or a, a 10 month lease, which means they would either end up being due in October or they would end up being due in January the next time the lease came due. That way I didn't run them into a holiday and I kept them that way from that point on with 12 month leases. Um, the month to month issue also is that there needs to be a hefty penalty on your lease. That if they go from month to month, if they go from a lease, fully enforceable lease to a month-to-month -month lease, uh, their rent needs to go up quite a bit. I would say at least $100 a month. So in other words, they're paying 1000 bucks a month. They got to start paying $1,100 a month because they're, they're basically paying for the, the luxury of not having a move-out date. They can leave anytime they want, and that's very difficult for a business to run itself not knowing when its customers are coming or going or not coming or going, right? Uh, the changing the date to the summer is something I don't do to summer. I told you I did it to keep it off of the holidays. The rest of the year, I had no problem really leasing. Um, and last, signing documents and what about automation? Automation in this day and age has really, really come to light. There's so many different ways to do things now. 
um, especially for apartment complexes. We use software programs. Almost everything is paperless. So people fill out their leases and their applications online. They sign online. Um, they pay online. They do almost nothing by hand. If you're a mom and pop just starting out and you haven't purchased yourself a software program that does all that stuff online uh, because maybe you can't afford it with one house or two or it doesn't make sense, then you're in a situation where you're going to need to fill out a paper lease and have them sign it, right? Uh, but you can still set up the monthly payments in an automated fashion, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can still set up notifications in an automated uh, manner. And like in our apartment complexes, we have text numbers on everybody that lives there. So when we have a message we need to get out to everybody, we don't go put door knockers on all the doors like we used to, which would take hours, wasted time. We send one text, boom, goes to everybody. Uh, if somebody's behind, they get a text. Uh, if they're behind on their, their rent, they're late, they get a text. If there's late fees, there's a text. Whatever it is, they got a maintenance request, they send it to us uh, online, boom, and we send it right back to them saying when and where we'll get it done and so on and so forth. So there's massive amounts of automation in this industry now. It's just a matter of how much of it you want to use. As far as leasing goes, if you don't have the web, if you don't have the web power yourself, you can go out and rent the web power and you can put your listing on a listing company's website. They will do all the advertising and marketing to get people to come to their website and then your property will be listed there. Beautiful thing about this is you put your property in there one time, once it's leased, you just turn that ad off, but when it comes due again, you just turn it right back on. So it's very easy to do, and since you've got a 60-day notice coming from your tenant, you're going to be able to turn that thing back on 60 days in advance and probably have a signed lease before that old tenant even moves out. And that's pretty much the way it should work. If it's not working that way, then you are behind times on what can happen and should happen in this industry. So other than that, I mean, I think I answered all their questions again. Remember, every year there's a rent increase, even if it's just a nuisance rent increase. Even if all I had to do was raise it 10 bucks, if that's all I thought, if I thought there was no rent increase at all, I would say to them, look, my insurance gone up, my taxes gone up, they've gone up 25 bucks, I got to go up at least 10 to make up some of that difference. And nobody's leaving for 10 bucks, I guarantee you. If they're leaving, they're leaving for another reason. Your property's falling apart, you know, it's terrible. You're a terrible landlord, it's whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's not for 10 or 25 bucks, I guarantee you. But why do you need to increase the rent every year? You need to increase the rent every year because you've got to keep them in the habit of realizing that the lease comes due and that there's going to be a rent increase. If you fall behind, I've seen people get... 50, 100, $200 behind uh, from market rent. And then when they finally need to raise the rent or want to, the tenants there saying, what are you ripping me off? Going up $100, going up $200? It's a whole lot easier to shovel them 25 bucks each year for four years than $100 all at once because you forgot for four years. Uh, and vice versa, if the rents are going up even faster, you gotta keep up with the rents. And by the way, at some point, you have to realize that there is a balance here. And the balance is a move out is your most costly expense in this business. When someone moves out, 
You now have to advertise. You now have to pay somebody to lease it, yourself or someone else. You now have to clean it. You have to paint it. Whatever you have to do to do the make ready, you have to fix things again. That's your most costly expense. Anything you can do to eliminate turnover is going to make your business much, much more profitable. And so we're working on that. But that balance, if you don't go up in rent, you're going to get behind the eight ball and you're not going to be profitable. You can't get profitable by not making a profit. Just because someone's living in your house, that doesn't mean you're running your business correctly. Your business needs to have positive cash flow. And to do that, you need to keep your rents ahead of your costs. You got property taxes going up, you got insurance going up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is the real world. Those kinds of things go up. All right, so let's see what's next here. Next question. I'm a Lifestyles member that regularly listens to the podcast and your radio show. For the last couple of years, I've been focusing on both my health and financial well-being. Most of my education in regards to food and have been related to weight loss, and I'll keep up, and I, and I've keep the 30 pounds I've lost off for two years now. Well, I have kept, should have been kept, not keep. Uh, however, I know I believe that I take my fitness to the next level. I need to focus on building some muscle. You have mentioned you're eating to fuel muscle growth in a couple of recent shows. I've paid for real estate mentoring and understand that you don't have time to personally mentor me in fitness. However, could you point towards some books and other materials? Uh, guys, the books and materials that I go to for fitness uh, are on the internet. And the reason you gotta go to the internet for this type of information is because it's so space age and it's so much better than it used to be and all the stuff that's written in any book is outdated by the time the book comes out. Uh, I can spend a little time in the next segment cover a little bit for you. The reality is though, if we come to the end of this segment is that um, when you look at what, it did, what I did as a bodybuilder, I trained from age I think like 17 or 18 uh, to like age 25 to become Mr. Texas at some point. I won Mr. Arkansas, Mr. Louisiana, Mr. Texas. I beat all three of the, of the state's top guys. And it took me forever. I got it all back in just three months. That's the difference between what we know nowadays and what we knew then. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. you have an extremely long work commute? Are you tired of sitting in rush hour traffic stressing about your nine to five corporate grind? Maybe you're thinking, I need a new work route or a better boss. What you really need is a better way of making money. You need a passive income stream. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we've been teaching people how to invest in real estate for 29 years. Lifestyles Unlimited will teach you the five ways to make money with real estate investing. One of the ways is market appreciation. Real estate doubles in value every 20 years. It may fluctuate in the short term, but is forced to rise over the long term with inflation of building materials, labor, and scarcity of land. While stock investors live and die by market appreciation, real estate investors see it as a nice bonus to the other four ways real estate makes them money. To learn how, attend a free Lifestyles Unlimited workshop by visiting lifestylesunlimited.com. That's lifestylesunlimited.com to learn the map to financial freedom in less than five years. Our free workshop calendar is at lifestylesunlimited.com.
Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. One person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're doing the mailbag, and as we uh, left out in the last segment, someone had asked me a question about physical fitness and about nutrition and so forth, and really it's a, a very, very long and intense topic that you need to do a lot of research on. And I'm not a medical doctor, nor do I have any expertise in the field other than just being an experimental bodybuilder myself of different types of powerlifting, Olympic lifting, bodybuilding over the years. But the point I made right before I went to break was is that you know, it took me 10 years of training from age 18 to age 25 to, to win major contests. I trained all the way up to age 32 before I injured myself and decided it was, I'd had enough of being in heavy-duty training all of my life, never being able to go off my diet, never being able to not go to the gym every day, and so on and so forth. And, it, you know, it was just a nut over the whole issue. Um, I decided I had enough of it, so I quit. And, I'd stayed in pretty good shape, but, but got kind of bored with it and came back. And by the time I was 50, I was working out hard again. Um, but what was interesting was that I found that it's much easier to get into shape once you know what you're doing. And I'll give you just an anecdotal story that um, this came up here. I was going to, I got married on July 4th, and right before July 4th, I had to go down and get fitted for a suit. And I've just been in the hospital three of the last four months. Uh, had been operated on, couldn't work out for six months. I hadn't worked out. I'd gotten fat. I'd gotten out of shape. So I figured I'd better start working out, you know. And so I gave it a good hard attempt uh, from February to July, working out. And I remembered, you know, you know what? I better start looking at this thing seriously. I'm not going to get this weight off, and I'm not going to get in shape. So I went to the bodybuilding uh, websites, started studying, and I go, aha, my daughter's a bodybuilder also now. And uh, started talking to her and just said, you know, started to click to me. I know what I'm doing wrong here. You know, I'm eating one meal a day, two meals a day. I'm starving myself and my body won't give up the fat. So I picked up the bodybuilder way of eating, which is to eat five to six meals a day. And it's very difficult to eat six times a day. That's why bodybuilders always tell you, you know, you think it's easy to do what we do. It's not. You eat six times a day. That means you've got to stop six times a day and shove food in your face. But what's funny is, and I also started eating all protein and no carbohydrates, and I started losing weight like you wouldn't believe. And my waist got smaller, and I lost like 10, 15, 20 pounds, boom, boom, boom. Fat came off my body, and I fit my suit well uh, for the wedding, no big deal. But then when I came back, I go, okay, now what am I going to do? And I realized that before I had gone to the wedding, coming out of January, February, and March, I'd had two pinched nerves in my upper back, one pinched nerve in my lower back. I could barely walk. I had all kinds of weaknesses. My body was out of shape. And I realized that I had lost muscle tissue everywhere, especially in my core. So I started doing core exercises. I had a therapist help me with that, and I started doing core exercises. And once I started doing the core exercises, then I got strong enough that I could do regular exercises. And once I did regular exercises, I started lifting weights. I started being stronger and stronger and stronger, but very, very careful about my back because I had injured my back multiple times, uh, et cetera, et cetera. My legs had gotten skinny. My arms had gotten skinny. And uh, I'd lost chest muscle, back muscle, leg muscle. I didn't really realize how much muscle I had lost except that my clothes like looked like, you know, 
falling off of me. And so I decided, okay, you know what? I started looking at this thing. These guys ate a lot of food. And I realized back when I was big, I was eating four or 5,000 calories. And I, I happened onto a video of one of my ex-partners, training partners, talk about how we used to eat 10 pieces of chicken at a time and we'd eat five, six times a day. And I said, yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. So I started eating six times a day, but eating more calories. And as I ate more calories, I was able to maintain my body weight and build muscle. So I went up to 3,000 calories a day from 2,000 calories a day. And instead of losing weight, I started maintaining my weight and gaining muscle. And then I wanted to get bigger, so I took 4,000 calories a day, spread out over six meals, uh, five meals actually, uh, and I got a little bigger. And I wanted to get even bigger, and I wanted to get back to the size that I used to be, so I started eating 5,000 calories a day, but I found I had to do that in six meals a day, which meant literally my last meal of the day was at 12 midnight, right? You get six meals a day in. So doing that, my arms grew three inches, my legs grew three inches, my chest and back grew about five or six inches, and I put on 30 pounds of muscle. To put it in numbers that you can understand as far as weights, I was leg pressing 200 pounds for 10 reps. It quickly went to 300 for 10, 400 for 10, 500 for 10, 600 for 10, and the last workout I did was 700 for three sets of 10 reps in the leg press. That's a lot of weight. Uh, my legs, like I said, grew at least three or four inches in the last couple of months. And all of that was about diet. You know, normally you would talk about bodybuilding, you would talk about steroids and so forth, but I'm not taking any steroids because I'm, I almost died of cancer. I take just the supplements my doctor gives me to keep me alive because I've had almost everything in my life go wrong. I'm on every kind of medication in the world just to keep my body normal, let alone, right? So the point I'm making to you is, is that I'm amazed by the results that I've got. At 62 years of age, I'm in probably better shape than 90% of the guys in the gym, even guys 20 and 30 and 40 years old. And I'm doing it with a lesser amount of effort. I used to spend all day long in the gym, every day in the gym. Now I'm working out four days a week and I'm spending about an hour. I had to cut my workouts back because I was overtraining. I had to cut back the numbers of days, the amount of exercises that I was doing. And I cut it all back. And the more I cut it back, the bigger I got and the stronger I got. And now that I've got the size and strength and I'm gonna go up a little bit more, I'm gonna hit this peak that I wanna hit, then I'm just gonna stop trying to add weight, stabilize the calories and lose all the body fat. Because I've proven I can lose weight instantly with this type of diet. It's just a matter of stop eating 6,000 calories a day and let my body Take the fat off, all with less exercise, less effort, less time in the gym than I ever did when I was 25 years old training for Mr. Texas. It's just an amazing thing to me to see how much smarter people are about what they do in today's world. And I think that's true in making money. I think it's true in fitness. I think it's true in raising your family. I think it's true in almost everything you do. There is a better way to do it. And when you figure that out, you'll get 10 times the results of the average person. And you'll get them 10 times faster than you ever could have got them. Hope you enjoyed today. And uh, remember, as we go through this, always, we're not doing this just to make a little bit of money. We're doing it for the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.
Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past your podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.